stand-up historian. Those who tell stories rule society. Hello and welcome to another Tuesday in Stand Up Historian. Vic is back after one week of absent, but she is ready to read more for us from the book Project Human Extinction. Hello, Vic, and welcome back. Thank you very much, dear. Good evening. Good evening. It's good to be back. Good to have you. Okay, where did we uh leave last time we talked i finished off with chapter two um Mm -hmm. as as we were talking earlier i have jumped into chapter four jumped into chapter six and then backed up and went to chapter two and now we're rolling into chapter three um i'm not entirely sure how we started doing the jackrabbit business with the with the book going back and forth but uh we seem to be zigzagging. Yeah. But next one up is chapter three. Got a lot of information in this one, too. Of course, like I said before, this thing is a very thick book, so there's going to be a whole lot of reading and a whole lot of time passing through going with this. Yeah. So what is the subject of this chapter? This chapter is titled Force and Falseness. As I was summing through it two weeks ago, it does get into the 14th faction, although I'm not exactly sure how deep it gets into it, because this is one chapter I don't remember reading. And when I, like I said, I've read the book years ago. All right. In the last chapter, we looked at the attempts to help humanity to understand its potential and to regain our forgotten knowledge of the human plan, which was put into action 7,000 years ago. We also looked at the opposition to this, something which seems totally out of place, given that the energies from our universe is comprised are those of free choice. In other words, if the principle of free choice applies to all, how was it possible for any organization, military, religious or otherwise, to act in ways which remove the free will of each person to choose what they believed or how they acted? Because if you remember when we were reading in chapter Two, there was a whole lot of mess going on and a whole lot of people being killed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the Roman Empire was being very, very ugly to people, to put it mildly. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is what we will explore in this chapter. One of the forces that stood in opposition to the energies of this universe. Given that most of the information which follows does not appear in any history book or is even available to many people, we have to return to, to the information recorded in the mass consciousness, the Akashic. This information will include a little more about non-terrestrial life forms, and in particular where the reptilian idea has originated. We're ta- the, most per- the one person that has spoken the loudest about the reptilians has been David Icke. Absolutely, yeah. Given that we also know from chapter one that everything has an energetic basis, we will look at the energies that have given rise to this force. The reason this approach has been chosen is to try to simplify the conspiracy somewhat. 
Without understanding the energetic cause behind many of the influences on human potential, it is very difficult to present a coherent story. We need to separate out the various elements involved in order to present as complete a picture as possible. By the end of this chapter, we hope to be able to show a clearly definable element of the conspiracy so that the remainder of this book can be more easily understood. Without breaking the facts down in this way, there would be a danger of repeating at least some of the confusion, confusing disinformation that has been presented by conspiracy investigators in the past. One other key point must be made at the outset. We have found strong evidence for more than one external negative force influencing humanity's journey. One of the factors making the conspiracy story so complex has been the confusion of at least two of these forces. The substitution of one for another, or indeed the correct identification of which one is responsible for certain periods in human history, has resulted in an entangled web of theories, often seemingly impossible to unravel. This chapter will deal with the first of these forces primarily to remove it from the current conspiracy and place it in its true context. Subsequent chapters will deal with the second influence. So let me stop right here. The second influence is going to be the VLON because we jumped into all of that in chapter four and chapter six. This is the this would be the the first influence that would be causing problems. I can't wait to hear that. Okay, next heading is human history. Even the most cursory glance through human history tells us that something significant has stood in opposition to the human plan outlined in chapter one. Many great civilizations have arisen that have invaded the lands of others, stealing their resources and inflicting intense pain and suffering on their peoples. We only briefly looked at the Greek and Roman empires, but there have been many other examples such as the British Empire. And more recently, the rise of of American imperialism notably in its quest for the domination of world resources. But forces that operate outside of the energies of the human plan do not only appear as military forces. We have already examined some of the excesses of the Roman Catholic Church, but especially in the last century, we have seen the rise of the global economy and with it companies whose turnover can exceed that of entire countries. Some of these transnational companies are now so huge that they have taken over entire market sectors and become monopolies. So the idea of the control of others, be it their property, lifestyles, finances, or the very right to life itself is not restricted to that of military might, but also financial control and personal belief through religious doctrine. And I find it very interesting that we are witnessing a lot of this stuff right now. And this book was written in 2009. That's what I was thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. It could be argued that this is part of the learning curve through which humanity must pass in order to complete the plan. But if this were the case, given we are approaching the end of our allotted 7,000 years, why leave it until the 11th hour to try to resolve such a complex problem? Perhaps the most convincing reason why this problem of control is not part of the human plan would be the Industrial Revolution. This next statement might seem obvious, but in order to complete the human plan, we need a planet on which to do it. 
Yet since the onset of industrialism in the 1700s, we have raped the resources of this planet at a rate that has been and remains totally unsustainable and then turned these resources into money. Yet money is what? Nothing but printed paper by which those who have the greatest quantity can exercise control over the rest of us. Even to this very day, human aspiration is still heavily focused on material wealth, and yet we know that this does not survive the grave. Yeah, I got to make a side comment here. I'm reminded of an Mm ex-boyfriend, and I remember him telling me many, many, many years ago, he was like, you know, whatever it is that you gather in life, you can't take it with you. And if you could, your hands would be too stiff to get it out of your pockets. (laughs) Wisdom from an (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Sorry, a little sidestep there. Consciousness is the only thing that survives the grave. So to spend a life attempting to accumulate wealth at the cost of all else is utter folly. And yet when we look around us, this message simply seems to have not been understood. Everywhere we look. People are still rushing around attempting to make money whilst avoiding the real work that is necessary, that of the inner journey. So here we have the most fundamental problem of all. The human plan seems to have been replaced by the desire for money and with it access to material possessions. Yet when we look at where the concentration of wealth lies, we find that 40% of the entire financial wealth of the world rests with just one percent of the population i guarantee you those percentages have changed recently that's Uh, my side smaller percentages or you think it's a larger group now oh i think the group is much larger well it depends upon how you look at it if you want to talk about individual people that are completely wealthy and trying to run this planet down that group may be getting smaller But as far as corporations are concerned, there seems to be more and more and more of them with more and more people in them. So what I see is they, these humongous corporations, they're absorbing any smaller corporation that has any potential or in any form or shape becoming a a serious competition. Well, if you look at the list of companies that Amazon owns, wow, that's hundreds of. (laughs) corporations they own Mm -hmm. but i think the number is smaller and but the amount is much larger what they own i could have that wrong it could be that there's more and more and more money but it's smaller amounts of companies because they're eating each other up yeah and we witnessed the uh, a, a tremendous destruction with all of the lockdowns where the big box stores could stay open but the mom and pop shops had to be shut down yeah, that it was, was shifting the wealth. Yeah, it was the shifting the wealth from the people to the corporations, and they decide who runs the government. Literally, these days, they decide mm-hmm. who can talk and who can't talk. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So, let us quickly dispel any myth that the development of material gain is for the benefit of all. Instead, it is the wealth and selfish actions of a relatively small number of individuals in the name of control that has led us to a situation where life on the planet is ultimately unsustainable for those of us trying to complete our journey. I suddenly got Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab in my brain. Hmm. 
Yes. All right. The next title is Force. It would appear as though there are some force that seeks to control and dominate humanity. We saw in chapter one how everything has an energetic cause, and so we need to understand what this energy is and from where it originated. Before we go too much further, we also need to develop an understanding of time. Otherwise, some of the following is in danger of becoming a little confusing. On Earth, we have based what we think of as the passage of time on the cycles we experience in our life on this planet. The Earth travels around the sun as well as revolves on its own axis. In this way, we experience time on two levels. The period it takes for the Earth to complete one rotation around the sun, we have called a year. As the Earth tilts towards or away from the sun on this passage of rotation, we experience greater amounts of the sun's heat. We call these roughly equal periods seasons. When our part of the Earth is tilted away from the sun, we experience winter. As the angle begins to shift towards the sun, we experience spring. A closer tilt and we have summer. As the tilt begins to reverse, we have autumn or fall, followed again by winter. So our year is divided into four seasons. This is one way in which we measure time. Also, we experience the effects of the Earth's own rotation upon its own axis. This period of rotation we call one day. Again, as we rotate, our part of the Earth faces the sun and we receive a large amount of light. As the rotation continues, our part of the Earth faces away from the sun and we have dark periods we call day and night. These periods we further divide down into 24 hours in one day, 60 minutes in one hour, and 60 seconds in one minute. So as far as we are concerned, we have divided the Earth's natural rotation and orbit into manageable sized chunks in order for us to measure the passage of time. But outside of our solar system, time is a little different. Time can also be seen as an energy. If we stand in the present and look in front of us, we would see a vortex spiraling away into the future. If we looked behind us, we would see a vortex spiraling away from us into the past. If we knew how, we could actually leave the present and travel back into the past, but we could also travel forwards into the future. What would be required for us to make these journeys to the past or future would be sufficient energy to overcome our position in the present. However, in different parts of the universe, different patterns, different combinations of frequencies of energy exist, and therefore, time moves at different speeds depending upon which dimensional level we happen to be traveling through. For example, if we were in the regions of space occupied by the six non-physical races, their energy potential means that the length of time taken to travel across the solar system would be one unit. Whereas in our region of space, where the energy frequencies form much more dense forms of energy, the length of time taken to travel across the solar system would be 1,000 units. In this way, each region of the universe has different energy frequencies, and the time taken to travel across regions varies depending on the energy potential available. Sorry to jump in. Oh, no, go ahead. This is, this is fantastic. This is incredible. No wonder we can't find this book. So based on what Chris says here, the passage of time is different 
in different parts of the universe. I can't yeah. take my my watch with me and say, oh, okay, it's uh, you know 30 minutes since we've been talking. It's going to be different. So the definition of past and present and future is different in different parts of the universe. Oh, yes. This is oh, yes. fundamental. This is groundbreaking. And the thing about our solar system is we're in a, we're sort of in an energy bubble. It's an ellipse. And I've, I actually started taking pictures of that from some of the books. I may have to send you some pictures of, of, of what yes, I've gathered from the other books. Um, everything in our solar system, the bubble is condensed so that the, what is it, the, the speed of light, the speed of light inside of our solar system doesn't move the same way as it would outside of our solar system. So the speed of light that's been calculated is specific to our solar system. You get outside of our solar system and it's completely different. So this brings us to conclusion that our science is wrong. Oh, yeah. Our science of astronomy and space and everything it must be wrong because we assume that light or science assumes that light travels 180,000 miles per second everywhere and it's a constant in physics but it is not well i mean you are talking about scientists that are souls in human form and they're on planet earth. And so it's, you know, it's calculations and it's speculation. Of and, course. And they, they automatically apply it to the entire universe. And it's, that's just not what's recorded in the Akashic. <laughs> so it may be a certain speed here in the, I mean, the, the speed of light may be a certain speed here in the solar system, but that's not going to be true outside of our solar system. Outside of the solar system. Yes. And the speed of time. I had another yeah. conversation in another podcast, and the gentleman there was talking similar things, but the way that Chris puts these things is so clear. So the speed of time is not exactly a speed of light, but the way that Chris put it, puts it here, it says different regions of space, different time. Time has different speed, and light has different speeds. This is fascinating. This this changes everything. Do you want me to, to reread what I just read? Sure. Just the, so, yes, please. So, so that everybody can. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of hard to digest. It really is. And sometimes I'm stumbling over words so that it doesn't help the matters. Uh, okay. Let's see. I've already gone through the rotation of the earth. But outside of our solar system, time is a little different. Time can also be seen as an energy. If we stand in the present and look in front of us, we would see a vortex spiraling away into the future. If we looked behind us, we would see a vortex spiraling away from us into the past. If we knew how, we could actually leave the present and travel back into the past, but we could also travel forwards into the future. We would have, we would be required, what would be required for us to make these journeys to the past or future would be sufficient energy to overcome our position in the present. Now, from my previous discussions about the VLON traveling back into the past where they created the Anunnaki story, we've, we've already proven that they could go back in, go back in time. Um, they got stuck because they altered their own future. 
There is yeah. another story somewhere that I cannot remember. I don't know if it's in a book, if it's in an essay, or if it's in one of his phone conversations, or even one of the videos that was done either by um, Terjay, Ter- I can't even pronounce this guy's name. He's Norwegian. Terjay Toftenes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it. And then there was uh, the Basis 8 interview. I cannot remember what the information was, but Chris did talk about something that happened that flung some people into the future. And I wish I could remember what that was, but one of these days I'll stumble across it and see if I can gather it up for everybody. However, in different parts of the universe, different patterns, and this, uh, this, is a, this needs to be clear, in mm-hmm. different parts of the universe, different patterns, Different combinations of frequencies of energy exist, and therefore time moves at different speeds depending upon which dimensional level we happen to be traveling through. For example, if we were in the regions of space occupied by the six non-physical races, their energy potential means that the length of time taken to travel across the solar system would be one unit. Whereas in our region of space, where the energy frequencies form much more dense forms of energy, the length of time taken to travel across the solar system would be 1,000 units. Okay, this and is I, from the I, vantage point of the observer, if they are inside the solar system or outside the solar system. He starts out saying this is outside of our solar system. Yeah. And it says, if we stand in the present and look in front of us, we would see a vortex in front of us. And if we look behind us, we would see a, a vortex behind us. Um, so I'm assuming he, yeah, he, he's talking about being outside of this, outside of our solar system. Yeah. And he clearly says the speed of time is, which means the passage of time is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he he covers the uh, the space that's occupied by the six non-physical races. That that's also two different regions of space as well, besides our solar system, because the non-physical races come from one region of the universe, and then the semi-physical races come from another region of the universe. Uh, one of the pictures that I took the other day that I'll send you is um, how it shows what our ellipse looks like that our solar system is encased in, and the doorways, the Draco Gate and the Orion Gate of how the semi-physicals get here and how the non-physical races get here. And it's an interesting looking diagram. He drew it. I think, I think he got the picture from the Akashic of what it looked like. And then he drew a diagram of it. Fascinating. This is astonishing. Yeah. In this way, each region of the universe has different energy frequencies and the time taken to travel across regions varies, varies depending on the energy potential available. Or to put it another way, something that occurs in a region of the universe, let us say five million years ago, in our region of space, that event might register as happening only 5,000 years ago. It all depends on the point from which observations are made. And then he comments, time is strange stuff. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got a sense of humor about it. And uh, in some of his uh, phone interviews, he's tried to explain it to whoever it is that he that's interviewing him. He kind of, well, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like that. And try to figure that one out or time is strange stuff. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) he keeps uh, he keeps some humor with it to return to our story. 
and the source of one of the problems we have experienced on earth. When those souls who wish to continue to explore the potential of human life returned to earth 20,000 years ago, they occupied six distinct regions. As the reduction of our higher functions occurred, each of these groups began to explore the problem from a different perspective. For example, the group in Northern Europe chose to work with the earth herself, and this led to the Celtic earth-based beliefs and understandings. In Sumeria, this group took a more scientific approach and explored the workings of the body and how to deal with it if it became unwell. When the Sumerians migrated to other lands, they took this knowledge with them and became the basis for the therapeutates in Egypt and the Ayurvedic Ayurvedic traditions of northern India. I always have trouble with that word. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah, Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic, not sure. By each group working on their own projects, we hoped that the knowledge accumulated would lead to a clear and rapid answer. However, Earth life was an unknown quant- Earth life was an unknown quantity, and the energy patterns that we experienced slowed our higher functions down even further than we calculated. And so our exploration and experimentation took longer than originally anticipated. This is why the human plan was formulated. Regardless of these difficulties, by about 500 BC, two and a half thousand years ago, We felt we were in a position to begin pulling together all of the accumulated knowledge and to try to bring the plan to its conclusion. This is just a brief description. A summary of these events for a fuller explanation is in Planet Earth, the universe's experiment. So even Project Human Extinction doesn't even go into this uh, as specifically as the planet Earth does. Ours is not the only universe that exists. The fields of possibility we call the creator is a curious being. Whilst we were beginning to explore our universe's potential of freedom of choice, other thoughts were being considered, and other universes were brought into being in order to explore the potential these new thoughts had to, had to offer. One of these universes was fairly close to ours, and it was created to explore the thought of total control. The result of this experiment was the exhaustion of all the available universal energies. Once the universe's energies become depleted in this way, the universe enters into a state of collapse and returns to the creator. In other words, the knowledge gained in exploring that particular thought is taken in by the creator so that the information is added to its sum of knowledge. A group of beings who inhabited this close universe, found a way of shielding themselves from this process of collapse and entered our universe. The way in which this group entered our universe was by forming what our scientists would call a wormhole, a hollow tube of energy, which is accessible from both ends, allowing these beings access into and out of our universe. The Akashic records the name of these beings as the 14th faction. This is not something out of a science uh-huh. fiction novel. This is what the Akashic has recorded as actual events. So once again, tell us what is the 14th faction. They are from they are. another universe, but there is a process. Once the universe is completed, it, dis- it gets destroyed? Or what was that, if you could explain that process? Well, the the there's more information about it in the other books, but basically what he was te- what he was telling you 
was that the universe that was adjacent to ours was exploring the exact opposite thought of ours. Our universe, the energies are constructed of freedom of choice. Their universe was constructed of energies that removed freedom of choice. He doesn't come around and say it in that first paragraph, but that's basically what happened. Yeah, control. And in the, he called it total control. In the process of removing freedom of choice from each other inside that universe, you can just imagine how chaotic that must have been. And if I remember correctly from planet Earth, when it descri- when it describes it, that each group would clump together and they would try to remove choice from the other group. And there was a constant battle. And if you're constantly battling, doing that, removing freedom of choice from other beings over and over and over again, you wind up eating up all of the energy of the universe. So just personally, I think that when our creator created our universe as freedom of choice, it thought, hmm, okay, if I run this experiment, then we'll have the experiment beside of it running the very opposite experiment and see how the two, how, what happens between the two. Clearly the one that removes freedom of choice collapsed in on itself and it did eventually, but these, these beings were trying to stop it. Fourteenth faction's intentions were to make use of this universe's resources in order for them to maintain a position within their own universe. The formation of their wormhole took place about 3.8 million years ago as we would measure it. There is nothing to show that any of this small group of beings came to Earth. All of their activities took place in regions far away from our solar system. The damage they eventually caused was extensive and approximately one quarter of our universe's resources were stripped before a solution could be found to stop the 14's work. You remember me telling you about the booties void? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's where they broke in and that's where they harvested the energy. That's where the one quarter of our universe's resources got stripped. That right there, you can, uh, our scientists, uh, uh, astronomers, and the astronomers can see that with uh, telescopes. However, One aspect did affect us here on Earth, which, whilst in many respects was indirect, has had a devastating consequences. Also, too, I want to point out and I want to to reemphasize that these members from the other universe never made it to Earth. They themselves never made it to Earth. So Mm -hmm. that's that's good news. What what happened with their energies is the bad. Why didn't they make it to the Earth? They were not compatible with this universe. They couldn't physically exist here. Do we know why not? Well, the only thing, the only intent that they had was to break into our universe and rob it of energy. They had no knowledge of Earth. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not like they were trying to break in and they were going to just going to wander around and, you know, find planets and find people and all that. The only thing they were interested in was trying to stop their universe from collapsing. So that's why they broke into us. They somehow found some way to break out of their own universe and break into ours. And all they wanted to do was steal the energy to try to maintain their position. Yes. That's all they were doing. Um, The effect of the blast of the wormhole is what caused problems with us. It, mm. it wasn't them directly. So, okay. This is where the time sequences become a little confusing. The wormhole opened up 3.8 million years ago, but on earth that registered about 8,000 years ago. However, we had no knowledge of the event at that time. 
nor were we aware of the activities of the 14. Their wormhole had been opened into a region of space where there was no life and so remained undetected for some time. However, there were 33,000 souls on their way to Earth who passed through the region and became contaminated by the peculiar energies that the 14 brought with them. That's where the trouble started. It is still unclear how the contamination occurred. It could be that these souls were caught in the blast of the wormhole opening, or it could be that they stopped to investigate and became contaminated in that way, or it could be that they deliberately chose to take on these new and unique frequencies. It remains unknown. In other words, he dug for this information, and the Akashic didn't even have a record of how it happened. And remind me, why we call them 14? That was how they named themselves. Okay. Or at least, as I recall, I remember reading that, is that the Akashic said that the, the 14th faction, that was their name for themselves. Is there a significance in that number 14? Probably. I don't know. Not that I recall. Okay. Yeah. Um, even, even with him stating here that um, not even knowing how the 33 souls actually became contaminated remains unknown. I mean, there were certain things in the Akashic that he literally just could not get at. He could not mm -hmm. find things. Um, the thing about the Akashic, too, I've, and I've stated to you, like, to, like when we're having a conversation, that there might be a blip in the Akashic that we had a conversation, but the actual words spoken between the two of us would remain in our DNA. Most of the time, what you have in the Akashic that shows up would be pivotal events, and you and I talking yes, we, just wouldn't be pivotal enough to show yeah. up. What is known is that the energies from this other universe allowed those who made use of them to remove freedom of choice. What is also known is that these energies could be discarded if the one contaminated with them so chose. That's something I had forgotten about is that the contamination, they had the freedom of choice. I mean, they're in a universe, constructed their freedom of choice. So we're talking about 33,000 souls that had the freedom of choice to not use the contaminated energies or the freedom of choice to use them. Sure. In other words, making use of the 14 energy patterns to remove the freedom of choice of others was a matter of the choice of the one who had been contaminated. The contamination of itself did not force the one contaminated to make use of those frequencies. I hope you can wrap your head around that. The 33,000 souls were contaminated with the energy, and we don't really know how, but they had the choice to use the energies or yes. not, mm -hmm. and the energies itself did not force them to use it. That, mm. That kind of makes my head hurt. But they chose to use it. Not all of them. Not all of them. Some of them, they chose to use that yes. because they have freedom of choice. They, they came from a universe of freedom of choice. So, yeah, they had the freedom of choice to use Which it. Which is our universe. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Although these 33,000 became contaminated about 8,000 years ago, they did, not in, they did not directly continue on with their journey to Earth. It is not clear where they spent their time. All that is known is where they were not. 
These are the regions where there are no residual energy patterns of the 14 frequencies. The first indications we had on Earth that some kind of problem existed was the emergence in about 333 B.C. of the empire-building aspirations of Alexander the Great. And I've mentioned this several times in our other talks about yes. Alexander the Great mm -hmm. and the energy first showing up on Earth. Up until Alexander's time, there had only been a few bloody skirmishes between people. A disagreement over land or water supplies, perhaps, but no more than this. Everywhere Alexander traveled, he seemed to have the ability to make people do what he wanted them to do. Whilst many did try to resist, they were unsuccessful in stopping him. Ever since, we have seen examples of individuals who exercise this ability to remove choice. The intention of the 14 was to strip as much of this universe's resources as possible and return with them to their universe. However, those who were contaminated with these energies had nowhere to go. They were on Earth living their lives without knowledge of the 14's activities or intentions, and so the impulse to control and gather was turned to stripping raw resources and converting them into the gathering of power and wealth. Wow. Gradually, people have become convinced that wealth accumulation is a good idea particularly in the Western world, and we have ended up with many of the problems we currently face. So you can kind of look at this as a bit of an echo, or at least that's kind of the way I view it. These weird energies brought about the accumulation of things, accumulation of wealth, the accumulation of power. And even though the 14th faction energies have been removed many years ago, it's like this echo is left behind, this memory that is in yes. humanity's collective. And this is where it comes from. I mean, I, you can't really just outright say that people are evil because good and evil is kind of like religious terms. We're talking about souls on a planet that are having experiences and, and gaining knowledge and good and evil kind of really doesn't apply. I mean, I know that's hard for people to wrap their brains around because they want to think that there is good, there is evil and good will triumph over evil and, and that'll be the end of it. But I don't think it's quite that simplistic. Yes, I, I agree with you. It's not that simple. You cannot draw a line and say anything on the left is evil, anything on the right is good. It's it's not like that. It's not clear like that. Mm -mm, it's not that clear. I mean, no. we've got media and we've got people that are propagandize us into believing such things, that it's this way or it's that way, or you have to believe this way, or you have to believe that way, or you're the enemy, or you're my friend. And like I said, this... There are much greater things in our past that led to this. Yes, and, and Chris is masterfully unfold those things and tells us this story. This is this is amazing. And he mentions Alexander as the one person that who possibly used the 14 factions energy. Oh, isn't it possible to it? It's recorded in the Akashic as that. So he did use time. it. Oh, yes. That's how he conquered as much as he did. And everybody else that inherited his kingdom, you know, the the Romans did it. And all the way, 
So the only example I can think of on from the East is Mongols and Genghis Khan. And uh, he, w- he was expanding his empire and he started from the steppes of Asia and went all the way to Europe. That could be another char- historical character that used that. It's quite possible. Uh, it may be in the books. I don't remember right offhand. Um, I know when it came to him researching in the Akashic, I mean, he just to get out one piece of information, he would have to ask like 25 different questions because the the information, there's so much of it in there and it's so dense that it would have taken him a lifetime to literally get into the Akashic and dig around for every single person, assuming that he could find them that use the 14th faction energies. It would have taken him a lifetime. I mean, and even with what he knew, um, with the the souls that were contaminated by the energies, he couldn't even get it get from the Akashic exactly how they became contaminated. It's just not even recorded. Yes, I mean, you can only guess. Yes. We heard it <laughs> a few minutes ago. And mm-hmm. the thing is, are there criterias or requirements that you say, okay, if you want to say such and such group or person using this fourteen faction energy? These are signs. These are requirements. These are the things that you look for to prove it. Is there such a thing? Well, it wouldn't be now because the energy has been removed. Yeah, but when look when we look at history. Oh, well, in history, as far as uh, what Chris has covered, Alexander the Great was one that he covered. And of course, the um, the, the Roman Catholic Church, the Vatican, yeah. used it extensively. Um, it's my understanding that the Queen Mum, Elizabeth II's mother, used it, and George H.W. Bush used it. Wow, it was available. When was it removed? Two, 2002, 2003, with, I think, the last vestiges of it getting out around 2005. Um, that's, in, that's in one of the book. That's in one of the books. Um, I'm kind of sketchy on the the exact years, but it's not long it's, ago. Not long ago, yeah. No, 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 no. 2000 was when uh, Earth raised her frequency, and it's either 2002 or 2003 when the 14th faction energies were removed. If I remember correctly, I don't know. I have to. Are we going to read how it was removed or no? In the book. Oh, that gets—that's—that's a thick story too. That's that's got to do with uh, Merlin and his struggles. Okay. Uh, with like being born as Michelangelo, being born as John D, all of the other lifetimes that he went through. The that story is mind blowing because he ended up. Just to give you a, a kind of a condensed version of it merlin wound up using one of uh the exploded planets guardians remember i told you there were two planets in the solar system that exploded yes mm-hmm. um when those two planets decided they didn't want to be planets anymore and they exploded each planet in the solar system has a guardian and merlin ended up using one of those guardians to try to assist in removing the 14th faction energy and he had one hell of a time trying to get trying to get rid of it 
um, that's in one of the other books, and that is an unbelievably mind-bending story. But no, it's it's. I don't think it's going to be covered in this book. I mean, I, okay. I'll continue reading on this, but I don't think it's covered in this one. I think it's covered in one of the previous books. That one is really mind-blowing. Yeah, on what he Must had to be. do to yeah. try to stop it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. How, how do you how do you stop a strange energy that's inside of your universe when your energy when your universe has no ability to fight it? Exactly. How do you, you detect have, it before you can destroy it? Mm. Yeah. One of the parts of the story is that Merlin uh, uh, approached the thirteen. There are thirteen beings, thirteen live beings that make up our universal envelope, and. Merlin approached the 13 beings and asked them, have you noticed anything strange? Is there anything odd going on? Because he was noticing the strange energies on Earth. And the 13 beings had no knowledge of it. And it states here that I just read a few minutes ago that the that the where the, the worm, wormhole opened up, it was in a region of space where there was no life. So it went undetected for a very, very long time. Yes. The 13 beings had no idea. So he was left to try to figure it out on his own and what he had to do. Oh, my God, what a mess that was. And when you read it in retrospect, it would make a really good science fiction movie. Of course. (laughs) Sure does. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to reread this page. Um, I've already covered Alexander the Great. Yeah, they were, and whilst many tried to resist, they were unsuccessful in stopping him. As I recall, I think somebody finally poisoned him. Yeah, he died in India. Nobody even knows where he was buried. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Ever since we have seen examples of individuals who exercised this ability to remove choice, and I've already mentioned, yeah, George H. W. Bush and the Queen Mum. The intention of the 14 was to strip as much of this universe's resources as possible and return with them to their universe. That's what I was talking about earlier. They didn't know anything about Earth. They were just coming in to steal energy. However, those who were contaminated with these energies had nowhere to go. They were on Earth living their lives without knowledge of the 14's activities or intentions. And so the impulse to control and gather was turned to stripping raw resources and converting them into the gathering of power. Gradually, these people have become convinced that wealth accumulation is a good idea, particularly in the Western world, and we have ended up with many of the problems we currently face. Eventually, a way was found to bring the 14 under control and evict them from this universe. The final strands of okay, here we go. The final strands of this battle for control were actually fought out on Earth in March of 2002, although very few on Earth are aware of these events taking place. Again, time is a problem. It was 2002, as far as we are concerned, but about 25,000 years ago, out in the universe. What we felt on Earth were the residual effects of these battles. The good thing is that with the removal of the 14th faction, all of their energies were destroyed along with them. This means that any of the original 33,000 souls who chose to hold on to these frequencies have not been able to make use of them since 2002. There you go. There is something else which the story of the 14 can help us clear up. Many people have reported on a sense of reptilian energies or of psychically seeing reptilian features beneath someone's human appearance. 
usually said of people who were in a position of power. The Akashic's description of those of the 14th faction who entered the, this universe is humanoid in form, but with pronounced reptilian features. There's your reptilians that David Icke talks about. Basically, what you had were people who had psychic abilities. And whenever they ran across these people who had the 14th faction energies that they could use, came across to those that were psychic enough to see the reptilian image because the reptilian image was part of the energies that came from the 14th faction really had nothing to do with the soul that was here on earth having a lifetime. It was Uh the energies that the soul was contaminated with. Again, I refer to the echo. It was the echo of the reptilians that came from that adjacent universe. So David Icke is vindicated. (laughs) Definitely. So when, when we're talking about just to make this, little bit more clear for me when we're talking about reptilians tell me again what are these reptilians they have the energy of the 14th faction and or they have pronounced features of reptiles well it's like he says the akashic's description of those of the 14th faction who entered this universe is, and this is coming from the Akashic. This is the Akashic's description Mm -hmm. of them. Humanoid in form, but with pronounced reptilian features. That's how the Akashic describes them. Because there is a record of them breaking in. He just, there were just some, some things that Chris Thomas couldn't get a hold of in the Akashic, but it wasn't recorded. I see. But, that's what the that's what the Akashic says. Humanoid in form, but with reptilian features. So humanoid shaped, I guess shaped like a human, and then with reptilian features. What that means specifically, that would that would be impossible to determine, other than those who were psychic enough to get close to these people, what few it was that made it to Earth, what few that we know about that were here. Um they would be the ones that would be able to tell you what they look like. There, there are still <clears throat> reptilians on Earth. No. They're not. As far as alien races, they, the energy that infected the souls is the only reptilian energy that's here other than whatever reptiles are on Earth. Um, there's some genetic material that was taken from some of the semi-physical races that are uh, in our universe, but I wouldn't necessarily, well, I'm trying to remember which semi-physical race it is. I can't remember if it's the Greys or if it's the Syrians, but one of those two semi-physical races, and this is in one of his early books, they provided some genetic material that helped with dinosaurs. Oh. So, Technically, we've got two semi-physical races that provided DNA when the dinosaurs were created. But as far as reptilian humanoids, that's strictly coming from that other universe. And then it was just a contamination of energies for the souls in this universe. Like he states here in the book, they never made it to Earth. 
just the energy did with the contaminated souls. But all the energy's gone. So anybody who used that energy, it's gone. So there aren't going to be any psychics that are going to run across any other people now that use the reptilian energy and would be able to see the reptilian echo. So there, there won't be gone. any of them. Okay. Yeah, okay. uh, it's all gone. That's what he said here is eventually they found a way to bring the 14 under control and evict them from the universe to find okay. strands of this battle fought out in Earth in March of 2002. Okay. Good. Thank so, you. So in other words, the, the, the ability of anybody to remove freedom of choice on this planet or in this universe, all of that energy has been removed. Uh-huh. And that's the so, key. That's the key. So that anybody listening to this, if you're frightened to death, if you think this energy is still here and somebody has the ability to take, you know, take your freedom of choice away. No, that's not going to happen. The energies have been removed from this universe. If you give away your freedom of choice, that's your problem. And that's what we see in abundance. How yeah, they, that seems to be taking yeah, place now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't see anybody like Hitler going around killing people and taking away any uh, freedom of choice or free will or anything they like that. We don't have those, but we have new breed, which they coerce you to make a choice or they force you to make a choice. But at the end, you have to make a wish. There is a, there is a, a fairy character in most Middle Eastern cultures and also it has entered into the western culture it's called jinn the jinn and jinn yeah jinn and jinn for jinn to be able to do anything it needs your permission it says okay wish that you want me to do this you wish it because the wish making a wish means okay i have chosen this and then the jinn does that and you you you've seen the story of uh aladdin and the, the lamp what is that what's that story oh aladdin genie. finds the genie yeah aladdin the genie find, the lamp, yeah. yeah aladdin <laughs> finds think, the lamp i think mm-hmm. i think genie is supposed to be an americanized version of jinn exactly exactly it's the way you say it in in the west in the east it's called jinn and it is in religious books they say jinn and humans. They live side by sides, but we are not able to see them. But anyways, they cannot do any harm to humans unless a human decides, invites them and choose to be with them. And then after that, all the consequences and aftermath will follow. So. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, I mean, you see out. it in metal. You you see it everywhere. You see that you you have to choose. You have to ask me to do this. Otherwise, I can't do it. So when Chris says this universe is the universe of freedom of choice, that perfectly makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Velon causing problems too. Even though they were never affected by Fourteenth Faction energies themselves, and they never used it. They were guilty of uh, breaking freedom of choice. Um, They were bad about putting um, recording devices in people's bodies without their knowledge. That is a big no, no. That's one of the main, that's one of the main things that got them banished from the universe. 
I mean, yeah. they can they can channel garbage 24-7 all they want to, and they can try to make people believe that they're going to ascend to the fifth dimension and fly off the planet and go somewhere else. But when they started putting things in people's bodies without their knowledge, yeah, you don't do that. Okay. So that's the, that's the red line that they cannot cross. They could come out and start uh, yelling and talking about uh, a new disease and invite people to get new injections. They could do that and you choose to participate, but they cannot come to your door, pull you out and force that to you. Or can they? Certainly not now. Certainly not now. Oh, mm -hmm. as scary as it sounds and what I've read from this book, that those energies that could remove freedom of choice. Luckily, there weren't but just so many souls that chose to do that. So it's not like the entire planet was infested with the 33,000 souls that did that. So Chris states very clearly that luckily, most of them did not use the energies. We just had problems from the ones that did, and thankfully they were small in number. Okay. Also, too, those energies were just removed in March of 2002, as, as I read over here. I, I'm sorry I had forgotten the date. But, yeah, March of 2002. So if you're thinking we're looking at 20 years, we are just now 20 years out from having those energies removed. So that means everything up to when Alexander the Great's energy started to show up in 333 B.C., to March of 2002, wow. 14th faction energy was used. Calculating that in your head, how long we have been under that and possibly suffering from that. This is where the Industrial Revolution came from. This is where the planet being stripped came from. This is where the accumulation of wealth comes from. And we are 20 years out from the energies being removed. Wow. Yeah. And I think, and I just, this is just my own personal opinion, just watching the day-to-day the, the -day of things that are happening and the ramping up of what's going on with the Davos crowd and the, the World Economic Forum. And now they're pushing for a treaty so that they can tell everybody exactly, you know, the next pandemic, we're all going to lock you down and your, even your own government can't stop us. All of yeah. this. <clears throat> I think what we're witnessing is they know that these energies are over with if any of them used it. They also know that humanity is waking up and the plans that they have so carefully laid out over however many thousands of years, most of the VLON are gone too. So it's like a mad dash to, mad dash to the finish. Exactly. Exact desperate attempts. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm smelling desperation. I'm seeing things breaking apart. And I know some of this is scary, too, because a lot of things, you know, growing up in Western society is very different from growing up in Eastern society. And with Western society, there's all of this accumulation of, you know, clearly of wealth and things and just money and cars and all of this other stuff. And I don't think that this is 
what things were supposed to be originally until the 14th faction got here, until the energies arrived here. Definitely. And then all of us, mm-hmm. I think we would be a much very different human race had these strange energies not made their way to earth. I don't think we'd be seeing all of the awful things that have taken place. For sure. For sure. And I think what we may be witnessing is all of this hysteria about supply chains breaking down and food shortages and stuff like that. We are witnessing structures that have been built over thousands of years using this energy are slowly starting to break apart. This this is not the way humanity is supposed to be living. I mean, I know that we're used to it. We're born into it. Yeah, that's true. We've been in this human plan for 7,000 years, and we have been choosing. Each one of us for the last 7,000 years have lived about 70 to 80 lives. So we've been gathering information, and we've got our answers, and now we're at the very end of it, and this, 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 it needs to break apart. It just needs to come apart at the seams because this is not the way we're supposed to be living our lives. So, in fact, the Great Reset, in a way, is happening. But the question is, what's the outcome of this Great Reset? And who's trying to reset to and to what end? That's what we should see. So, just like them, they have their Great Reset and they plan for everything, how they want to control everybody and uh, censor everybody, there must be a real reset for humanity to return to its roots and to and start living the way we should have lived on this planet, not by cannibalizing it. Exactly. I mean, because just I was just reading earlier um, about the troubles with the electric vehicles. And everybody's screaming about, oh, we've got to have electric vehicles because the gasoline powered, Mm -hmm. it's causing too much pollution. Well, now, yes, there is some pollution. I agree with you. But nobody seems to understand that raping the planet for lithium. It's worse. For these batteries. the, The damage that's being done to get lithium for these batteries is a hundred times worse than drilling for oil. Are you kidding me? Good luck explaining this to those who oh. feel good about driving a Tesla. Oh, please, their heads would explode. I wouldn't have a te- You couldn't give me a Tesla. Something that's going to drive itself, run into a wall, blow up and burn for four days? No, thank you. <laughs> that's exactly how it is. I would not have, you couldn't give me one. But anyway, all of this, all of this raping Mother Earth and digging for things and, and this structure that we have built in Western society that is so poisonous is all an echo of this 14th faction energy from 33, 333 BC all the way to March of 2002. It's got to come apart. It has to. We cannot continue on this way. And I mean, no. don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those type of types of people that is a is a screaming lefty. But I know the Chris Thomas material. And that's what I am guiding my life by and what I have been studying for all these years. Wow. So from 333 
BC until now is obviously 2,335 years. Wow, it's a long time, yeah. Imagine the damage that's been yeah. done with the people, with the souls that chose to use that energy. That's and what we've been it's tempting, with. yeah, it's tempting. Strange no wonder enough, they don't want not, this book to get out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And a strange <laughs> thing to me is it's, you would think it, it, it will be incompa incompatible or impossible in a universe that is based on freedom of choice to bring this kind of control, total control, and use that. And we all in our lives from thousands of years ago, everything you see, it's, it, they tell you that the world is like a mountain. You send your voice and you hear it back. It, you hear your echoes. So send a good sound, send a act good so the, the universe uh, echoes good back at you, if you, if you understand what I'm trying to say. So we, oh, yeah. we all knew th these things in Hindus, in all the religions. They tell you that be good. And then you find total control is against the very foundation of this universe, very foundation of freedom of choice. But they still do that. They take a chance to what end? controlling and they know that it's impossible in a universe which is based on freedom of choice total control is impossible right exactly. isn't that the exactly. logical conclusion from this you would think so yeah the the only reason for that is ignorance it's ignorance the more powerful, the more greedy, the more wealthy, the more ignorant these people are. They don't understand that this is unnatural by the standards of the universe, not just this planet. And yes, the universe this entire protects universe. this planet. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is very hopeful. This is very good and promising. It's like a gospel. It gives well, you good some news. Of, some of it's going to be scary. Some of it's going sure. to be really scary. The process. Because yeah. we've, we've gotten used to the structures, particularly with all of us, you know, being in the human plan and, and reincarnating over and over and over again. These 14th faction energy influenced structures have been here thousands of years. So we've been going in and out of different lifetimes and, you know, kind of with our heads down, not really paying that much attention to it unless you happen to be one of the souls that use the energies. But it's it's been an accumulation factor over thousands of years and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And now that it's been removed, you know, something's got to give. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I know it's scary. I know it's very, very scary. But it also is, it's kind of what's taking place now and why everything seems to be so crazy. I mean, I know it's scary, but this is kind of the fallout, you know, because time moves so slowly here in our condensed solar system, but moves a lot faster 
out in the universe. So what we're experiencing is kind of almost like moving in slow motion. Instead of the, the 14th faction energies being removed so quickly, it took a while. Yeah. And now all the structures that were built with the energies, it's going to take a while to break apart. And it's, it's probably going to be very, very scary. It is going to be very scary. Yes. But we do, that, have, yeah. we do have the memories. We still have the memories that yes. what life was like thousands of years ago um, in our DNA. Not that everybody has the ability to access their DNA and their memories. Or there are many psychics that can, that can go into past lives and, and know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Regression. But, co mm -hmm. but collectively, humanity has the memory of what we were like thousands of years ago. So we can survive this. We can get through this. It's, it's going to take a little bit of work. Definitely we can. I have no doubt. It's going to be harder for some of us, but we will prevail at the end. Yes, we will survive. Well, well, sometimes things scare me terribly because one of the structures that we have to deal with is this money situation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, buying and selling. Everybody relies on money one way or the other. I mean, whether it's, you know, with a card and it's digital or whether it's cash or coins or whatever. And this money system has been with us for so very long that once we get to the point where the whole financial system collapse, something else is going to have to take its place. And that's where things are going to get a little bit sticky. Yeah, to me, I always think of it like this. So when it all collapses, they say, well, there are no creditors. There are no debtors. Live your life. Fix your ways. Don't live like you used to live. And then whatever scheme that new world has, which is going to be completely different than this people that they try to shape that. So something just something just popped into my head. Let me share that What's with that? you. Yeah, that is. Oh, so it's not. Chris put this information in his book. The information was available. These group of people that now they try to reset, quote unquote, they say, OK, OK, so we have to form it the way we want. Otherwise, it is going to have a form that we don't like it. We don't have the power. We can't control people with all the sick ideas they have in their mind. Do you think it's a race to shape the future the way they want it, which is against the nature and the universe? Is that what we're witnessing today? That's possible. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, because they openly say we can. The James Bond, <laughs> the James Bond villain, he says <laughs> that we can form the future. So when he says something like this, you understand that, OK, things are falling apart. Huge changes are coming. Waves of change are coming. And they're still trying, like you said, desperate attempts, last ditch attempts to form it to the shape they want. But it's not going to work. Ultimately, no. 
And, but the, uh, the, an interesting factor here is that we do not know for sure how many of the people that sit atop this crazy-ass pyramid use the 14th faction energy. Because as Chris wrote his books, he was being attacked. I mean, he was under constant, constant psychic attack. Yeah, so, I mean, I there's a, there's, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Chris had been allowed to really research the Akashic and everything in it, he probably would have had his own library of information. In fact, I think he queried the Akashic one time and asked it how much time it would be if he actually read everything in the Akashic, and I think the Akashic came back and answered him and said, do you have a million years or something like that? It was a really funny comment that he made about querying uh-huh. how long it would take for him to read everything. He knows certain pieces of information, but he doesn't. He never got to get everything. We have no idea how many of these people used this energy while it was still freely available prior to March of 2002. Once they lost it, and knew they couldn't use it anymore, things seem to be ramped up. And sometimes I look at that, look at this and I think, yeah, you're pushing it because you know you don't have these energies anymore. And so they're doing everything they possibly can the hard way. Yes. That's what I see sometimes is what I that's what I feel that this 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 push, this we've got to do this now, we've got to do it tomorrow. Yes, deadlines and time yes, deadlines, time frames. Exactly. Exactly. Because originally mm-hmm. the agenda was agenda twenty one, which was agenda twenty one twenty one hundred. I mean less several years from now. Then it became agenda twenty thirty. And the last thing I read a few days ago was that they were ramping up the agenda to 2025. Why do they keep pushing it forward? What are they so scared of? Exactly. Something big is coming. Yeah. I mean, not only is humanity itself waking up because clearly we're outside the human plan. We're done with that. Uh, And there's also the factor of the the individuals that are all dying. So we don't even know what the population is. We don't know. There's so much that we don't know that we can't get our hands on because the media is 24-7 with the propaganda. Pumping lies, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a common tactic. It's a common military tactic that when you want to go after a target, the best thing that you can do is distract the target to look somewhere else when you come at them. Of course, use the element of surprise, yeah. So those that sit atop the crazy pyramid, there's only a few of them. And yes, they do have all the money and they have all the power, but there's still a lot of us. A lot of us. There's still a lot of us. Yes, particularly the, the biggest fear, yeah, is if we particularly, wake up. Yeah. Well, particularly with people like me and you that are, you know, trying to share as much information as possible and exactly. tip, tip the scales. Exactly. They're fearful of that. Yes. And some of them among them, it seems like they see, to me, Elon Musk is one of them. He sees that. I don't think if this is the winning team, this is not going to be the team that will win this race. I mean, by the team, I mean the globalists. And you see, sometimes he comes out and he starts talking about, oh, this is wrong. 
the population of the earth is wrong. We don't have enough people. So you you start seeing people coming out of this group sooner or later. Some of them, they will come to a realization that it's game over. It's game over. Yeah. It's looking that way. What a fantastic time to be alive. <laughs> Seriously. Exhilarating, scary. <laughs> it's best. It, it was best stuff than time. It was worse stuff than times. <laughs> this it's is all it. wrapped up in a crazy burrito. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vic, do you want to continue or do we want to stop here? How far are you? In? Yeah, you probably still a long way to finish this chapter, but in terms of the paragraph that you you were reading. Well, I stopped at the the humanoid in form, but with pronounced reptilian features. Yes, um, the reptilians. I can continue reading. I have gone. I've read nine and a half pages. Oh, you want to finish at ten after ten page? Let's read yeah. ten page. All right, we'll do ten pages. The next heading is what to do. <laughs> Very <laughs> good. We, after we've chattered on about how crazy the world's gone. In short, there is very little that needs to be done about these very peculiar energies. Each of us only needs to work towards throwing off our obsession with the material and begin to live as though we are actually staying on the planet. Prophetic words. We have mm -hmm. once more <laughs> we have once more regained our freedom to choose whether we complete our part in the human plan or not. It is entirely our decision whether we throw off these energies and restore our natural balance or continue to attempt to follow a path of control and destruction. Such a path has no future, given that the energies that supported it for 2,500 years no longer exist in this universe. As far as I'm concerned, that paragraph right there backs up what I'm saying about everything exactly. falling apart and why they're advancing everything and why they're acting so batshit crazy. And how the get how how this will end? Yeah, mm -hmm. it ain't gonna be pretty. Uh -uh. The next heading is simplification. Armed with this knowledge, we can now unravel some of the complexities of the conspiracy writings and dispel some of the disinformation that has been published. Before we do. You may well be asking whether this is all there is to the conspiracy. In short, the answer is no. It is much more complex than this and unfortunately has often been made even more complex in order to try to lead those who have investigated the conspiracy into following the wrong path. We will investigate these other considerations in the following chapters. For now, our intention is to use the information given so far to simplify matters a little and explore some of the confusing arguments put forward, often entirely innocently, by those seeking to understand the scope of the conspiracy. The first part of the conspiracy was the removal of Earth's resources. The underlying force was an alien energy manifesting on Earth as power, dominance, control, and material gain by those infected with these energies. It has manifested in many forms, such as political and military might, but also as religion. 
notably in the shape of the Catholic Church, who have sought domination over all mankind, imposing their doctrine over those who would, be, who would resist. Those who stood in opposition and continued their attempts at dissemination of the human plan have been brutally suppressed by those who chose to wield the energies of the 14th faction. The irony is that those who had acted in direct opposition to the human plan have carried out some of the most shocking human atrocities and then justified them by claiming to protect the people. The most common accusation thrown at those, often entirely innocent people, is that they practice witchcraft or Satanism or both. In order to provide a more balanced picture, we will now take a look at those accusations in more detail and expose one of the greatest lies perpetrated by the church. I'm going to leave it there and we can jump yes, into it. Yes, I was going to ask you to leave it there. Yes. <laughs> but this this last paragraph, it, it kind of brought something up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, ha- I follow about 11 uh, Telegram channels. Uh-huh. And there's one particular channel that I follow. And... This guy is he's he's a freedom fighter and he's got a radio show and he he's he's fighting the good fight. But his Christian ideology has twisted up his brain. Because from this information from CT's perspective, those that have been accused of witchcraft or Satanism or both were innocent people. That were gone off, that were sought after by the Catholic Church using the 14th faction energies. Mm-hmm. This guy, though he may be doing good work, is claiming that everybody that's sitting on top of the pyramid doing all of the bad stuff are the Satanists. Like yeah. mm-hmm. the World Economic Forum are World Economic Forum are Satanists. And in his attempt to try to get as much information out and do the right thing, he's twisting himself up with his Christian ideology and the, the, this witchcraft thing and this Satanism thing. And it's the Satanists that are doing this, that are ruining the world. No, that is not what's going on here. Those are just religious terms that are being used as weapons to try to point fingers at those that we are frightened of. Exactly. It's just a label. That's all it is. Don't let Christian don't let Christian ideology twist up your brain when it comes to fighting the good fight because what we need to do is set aside the religion or any religious dogma. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And part of it is because they see these people perform rituals and act in different ways and pick different dates and believe in different numbers and that's why they say oh there is a satan and but if you are a believer of any religion that monotheistic religion that believes in one god you cannot have equally powerful but negative force facing or uh basically standing against all pow- all powerful omnipresent god that you believe in so there is no satanic there is no evil so what we see is these people practice whatever ritual they have developed to gain total control but like chris said at the end 
it's the losing team. And we see it. You see they're desperate. Just mm-hmm. before we close this, I was watching a short video of Anderson Cooper just recently, a few days ago, interviewing Bill Gates. He looks like, excuse my language, I, I think I can say he looks like crap, Bill Gates. <laughs> he looks yes, he desperate. Does. He's in his 60s. He looks much worse than George Soros in his 90s. He's just, and he he's... You can see that desperately as if he's in front of a tribunal or he's in a court or something defending himself. He says, yeah, they accuse us of killing people or and I I watched that and I said, you know what? These guys are losing it. They know. They know. Just yeah. like we know that the winning team, who's the winning team? They know that there are going to be the losers, and they're afraid of that. Very, very afraid. I read something earlier today from one of the doctors. Um, I think it may have been a quote from uh, Dr. Michael Yeadon, the one that had been a a VP with Pfizer. Pfizer. Mm -hmm. I think it was him. that The quote was something along the lines of those at the top they have to keep going. They have yeah. to keep pushing this. They cannot stop. They cannot back up. They cannot say, oops, we made a mistake. We're sorry. They are going to have to keep pushing on because the if they do stop and they do admit what they've done is wrong, they're going to be hanged. If they're lucky. <laughs> I wish I could remember Absolutely. his exact quote, but it's like they're forging ahead because they can't not stop. They just can't at this point. They, they cannot. They committed these atrocities. They know that. That's why they desperately go to this uh, classic media, as they call, rightfully called today, and they try to tell people, no, I've been doing good. I have spent my wealth to help people in Africa here, there. But if you ask them, would you be willing to participate in a debate? With, with any of the people that they think not like you, they will not do that. They just want to be in a safe place and just talk to some someone on their TV that supports their point of view. They know what kind of questions comes in. Their you echo know. chamber. Exactly, echo chamber. They, they will not ever, ever. There is a, there is a group that goes around, they invite every event they have, every event they have, they invite very politely, very professionally. And these are professional scientists and microbiologists and physicists. These are great scientists by any standards. They invite Fauci for an open debate and they say it's always on the table. You bring your facts, we bring our facts. So they are losing. Chris told us that they are the losers, and they know they are the losers, and that's enough to kill them. <laughs> this is a fantastic chapter. So far, I want to say this is going to be my favorite. I love and it. And there's more to read. There is Absolutely. more to read. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so yes, much I'm... for reading so patiently. 
oh, I enjoy doing the reading. I st- I, uh, again, uh, all I have to do is just apologize for butchering words or stumbling over Don't worry stuff. about it. <laughs> Don't worry. I get ahead of myself, too, because as I'm reading this information, like I said, I read this book years ago, and there was so much— so much of Chris Thomas's material is so dense and so mind altering and so earth shattering mm-hmm. that you literally just can't shove it into your head fast enough to understand it. Yeah. Because I read every single one of these books years ago and have forgotten most of it except for the big parts. I mean, the knowing about the VLON, knowing about the 14th faction and all of that. But the details. And everything that he pulls out of the Akashic, and I've stated this before, too, about the energy that he pulls from the Akashic and puts it into the book. Yes. It's, a, it's an energy transfer of, of information, and it's just mind-boggling sometimes. And I reread things and go, oh, I have forgotten all about that. And then things become into a, a clearer focus. So I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying reading this. Good. I'm enjoying sharing this. With everybody who will listen, because it reaffirms it in my head, it reaffirms it in my soul and in my energetic structures, and hopefully I am providing it for those that are listening. And you are absolutely doing that, and you're doing a great job. And thank you very thank much. You. This is thank incredible. you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay. And you, and and you, Karash, you give me the vehicle, you give me the voice. I could be stuck here in my house reading these books until I die. <laughs> or we can or record, I'm provided yeah, a, yeah. yeah I mean I have my website and everything but you're also providing a, an extra platform so thank you thank you for inviting uh, um, me on this yeah, of course you are very very welcome and I'm, I'm blessed to uh, be able to actually connect with people like you and have this little bit of infrastructure here that I can share with you and now you're part of our group yes <laughs> Welcome to the crazies. <laughs> Welcome to the crazies. Welcome to the crazies, because we discuss all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vic. Thanks again. Uh, I personally really enjoyed it and can't wait to listen to the rest of it. Yeah, and hopefully there's no other like eclipses or squared with stars or <laughs> fixed yes, stars exactly. something else goes crazy. Some you know, Al like, comes up, yeah. <laughs> oh, crush, I can't talk to you. I'm hiding under my bed. Yeah. <laughs> there is <laughs> something in the yet. house. <laughs> <laughs> really? So as far as I know, we're going to continue this next week. Wonderful. I look forward to that. Okay, and thank you all for listening. Good night. Good night, dear. Bye-bye.